Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson & Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies, the author of six books, including most famously The Money Map. He's also been published in Forbes and The Wall Street Journal. On TV, you can see him every weekend. He's the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sunland, Saturdays at 7 a.m., in Boston on WCBV, and he's been an analyst for Fox Business and Fox Connecticut. He's the husband to Wendy and father to Brandon, Michael, Joel, and Noah, and uh, we're actually going to talk about one of those boys in just a moment, but first of all, Joel, how are you this week? Doing great. Excited about the show, and uh, we are not that far from fantastic weather, so I'm looking forward to that, too. Hey, I was just out in Los Angeles um, uh, in the last couple weeks and had a wonderful opportunity to meet Magic Johnson and actually not just meet him, but spend a little time with him. He actually controls um, as an investor or as an owner, one of the big insurance companies that we do a lot of business with. And it was great getting to know him. And what was really impressive is, you know, we were down at the Staples Center where there was a, a Lakers game going on that night. And he took us down to the floor and we got to see people warming up and so on, which was a lot of fun. But the, the thing that impressed me the most is when we were going down to the floor, you'd get on an elevator and ride down and, and pass a bunch of security people. And he knew, um, like the gentleman that was operating the elevator, he knew the, the guy, he took took time and talked to him. He knew that his daughter was going to a certain school. Um, we got down on the floor and he would talk and have meaningful conversations, not just say hi to a lot of the people that were um, working the floor and the concessions and so on. Just a, a genuinely nice, wonderful man. And it was just a lot of fun. So I'm kind of coming off that trip and pretty excited. I'm excited about the show today. We've got a lot of things to talk about, things going on out there in the economy, in the world that could affect your retirement. And we're also going to pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about the questions you should be asking your financial advisor or somebody that you're interviewing with. And I said we were going to mention one of your sons, Joel. You have one of them that's in that job interview process right now. I heard you having a phone conversation with him not too long ago. And uh, you said, did you ask a lot of impressive questions? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my son, Noah. He's down in North Carolina. And um, he was actually interviewing with a financial services firm, just like we are up here in, uh, in the Northeast. And uh, he wanted to be prepared for the interview. So he asked me, how much money we had under management and what's our mix of business and how many financial advisors do you have that meet with clients and what's the support staff look like so he could go in there really, really prepared. And from what he says, and of course, Noah has quite a bit of confidence, but from what he says, he impressed them. I think that those were his words. He he, uh, he was quite impressive <laughs> to the people that were interviewing him. So uh, I guess a 19-year-old has... Uh, you know, has a lot of confidence, but good for him. A lot of kids that age don't have a lot of confidence and think he's probably going to get the job. And for his fall semester of this year, when he goes back to school, he'll probably be working there part-time. Pretty cool opportunity and uh, glad to see at least one of your boys somewhat following in your footsteps. I know there's a lot of different career paths in the Johnson family. So uh, cool to see one of them doing what you're doing. But uh, we want to talk about interviewing potential financial advisors. And I want to talk about some of the questions that you should be asking and that are okay to ask. 
Uh, so, Joel, I'm going to throw these questions out. The goal here is not necessarily for you to answer the questions as if I'm interviewing you. I mainly want you to talk through why these questions are important to ask to begin with. Um, so one of those questions, which you know, some people don't want to even go there, but it's an important question to understand, is how do you, Mr. Advisor, get paid? Well, and this is an important question to ask because you just want to know how the person is getting paid. It doesn't mean there's a right way or in a wrong way to get paid. There's a lot of opinions out there. Um, you know, an advisor might get paid on a pure fee basis, meaning you just write them a check and they bill you an hourly fee, uh, kind of like uh, an attorney or an accountant. Um, they might get paid a fee for assets under management, which means if they're managing some of your money, they might make 1% or 2% as a management fee. And that's not just managing your money. That's also for all the other advice they give you on areas like family situations, estate planning, tax planning, and so on. So sometimes they'll charge an asset management fee, but they're doing a lot more than just manage your, your money that you have at their firm. Um, do they earn commissions? Do they earn finder's fees? It doesn't mean that's a bad thing. There are actually accounts out there where you have to take a commission. If uh, if somebody sells a CD in a brokerage account called a brokerage CD, the bank actually pays them a commission. Um, insurance products, certain insurance products pay a commission. Certain real estate products pay a commission. So there's nothing wrong if an advisor is getting a commission. You just want to know. The bottom line is this. You want to know how your advisor is getting paid. You want them to be profitable because you want them to have a lot of staff to be there when you need them there, to answer questions, because sometimes the advisor, if they're a good advisor, is going to be in meetings an awful lot. And so you want to make sure they've got good staff. So you want them to be profitable, not ripping you off, not overcharging you, but at the same time, you don't want to go find the cheapest person out there because that's kind of like going to find the cheapest brain surgeon. You know, if you need brain surgery, you don't go down to, you know, some third world country because it's cheaper. And so it's important to keep things in perspective, but it's important to have that conversation with a potential advisor or your existing advisor on how they get paid. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking that question. If somebody's not prepared to answer it, that's maybe a bit of a red flag for you. Why would you want to ask this question to a potential financial advisor, Joel? What's your typical client look like, you know, in terms of age and net worth and all that? Well, I think you want to ask this question because you want to have someone that has somewhat of a focus on people like you. So, for instance, let's pretend like I'm going to see an estate planning attorney. I want to make sure that that estate planning attorney deals with people like me. If he only deals with people that just need a simple will and need a real estate closing once in a while, he may not have the expertise to deal with my particular challenges or issues. If he only deals with clients with families that have over a $100 million net worth, then I'm not going to be that appealing to him because, again, I'm not in that category. So it's important that you ask that advisor, what does your typical client look like? What's their age? What's their net worth? Did they inherit money? Um, did they earn their money? And so it's just really important that whoever you are as a person, that not all of the advisor's clients look like you do. And when I say look, I obviously don't mean look. I mean their situation is similar to yours. But you want to know that the firm has enough expertise to deal with people in your particular situation. What about this question to ask a potential financial advisor? Do you have a particular strength or specialty? I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that there are different disciplines within the financial realm 
just like you would with a medical professional. Well, sure. I mean, some financial advisors work with people that own businesses. That is their specialty. They don't work with anybody unless somebody owns a business. Others work with only physicians. Others work with people that maybe are married to a foreign national. Others might work with, oh, I don't know, people that are in the real estate business. There are all kinds of different specialties. And you don't necessarily have to have somebody that's got this real narrow niche specialty. But you definitely want to know, again, if you're one of those people that has kind of a unique situation that's that's different than other people. Maybe you are in the real estate business and all your assets are completely illiquid because they're tied up in real estate. You might want to have somebody, especially on the attorney side and the accounting side, that deals with people that look like you do. And then one more question that you want to think about asking a financial advisor, if you're interviewing various advisors to to work with, uh, will I be working with you specifically, Uh, somebody on your team, some combination of both? Very important that you understand what the dynamic is going into the relationship. Well, again, and this is not a right or wrong answer type of a question. So let's say you ask somebody, hey, will I be working with you? And the person says, well, yes, you're going to be meeting with me every six months. We're going to spend a good hour every six months getting together and going over your financial plan. Some people would think that's a positive. It actually may not be a positive because you want the person that you're dealing with, in my opinion, to at least have a staff, a team. So if that person is on vacation, you have somebody else that's very qualified that you can deal with. On the other hand, you may not want to have somebody that says, well, I'm the person that's responsible for bringing you into the firm and doing an initial plan, but you'll never talk to me again. That may not be what you want, but you want to set that up. I mean, I've worked with different companies, not in the financial business, but companies that I uh, do business with where there's one person that I initially meet with before I become a client, but then I'm handed off to a team and the team is actually better than that original person. It's kind of like when my wife, when the kids were little, she would go to the doctor with the kids. She would rather actually talk to the nurse practitioner than the doctor because the nurse practitioner would take more time, but she knew the doctor was standing behind the decisions that got made in that office. So not any right or wrong answer here, but you want to know, are you going to be working with that one advisor that you're meeting with today Are you going to be working with their staff or some combination of both? So all of these questions that we've just gone over, you know, how do you get paid? You're asking the advisor. You may be asking the advisor, what does your typical client look like? Do you have a particular specialty? And then, of course, the last question we talked about that you should be asking is, will I be working with you, Mr. Advisor, or somebody on your team or a combination of both? These are all important questions. Some of you are probably working with advisors where you already have those things answered. Some of you may need to get the answers to those things. Some of you, just by me talking about this, are wondering if you're working with the right person. And here on the Money Wisdom Radio Program, we want to give you that opportunity to make sure that you're working with the right person or get a second opinion. We had a client come in, a gentleman that became a client uh, in the last couple weeks who had worked with an advisor for 40 years, but felt like it wasn't quite a good fit anymore. Not that that person did anything wrong, but felt like it wasn't quite a good fit anymore. Because the bottom line is you've worked, you've saved, you've invested for retirement. Now that you're either in retirement or getting close to retirement, what are you going to do? What is the plan for your money? How do you turn that money into a machine that produces income for you when while you were working, it was designed to have growth, to build up into a big pile of money. But now the key is how do you make sure you produce income and protect the principal. So the way you make sure that you're in good shape is to get our money map 
Retirement Plan. Money Map Retirement Plan. It's a unique process we take you through. You actually get a map. It's a big one-page financial plan that shows your entire financial life on one page. Backing that up is an income analysis that'll let you know if you have enough money to last for the rest of your life, and maybe more importantly, what rate of return you need on your money to meet all your goals. And then a stress test on your portfolio, which is so important right now to stress test your retirement savings because we have not had a big down market in a long time. Last December, we had a hit of about 8 or 9%, but people have already forgotten that. So don't be complacent. Get your money map retirement review. We're going to offer that for the next 15 callers. If you're one of the next 15 callers that call 1-800-705-1232, we'll have you come in, visit with us, and get your own personalized money map retirement plan. There's no obligation at all. Be one of the first 15 callers. Make sure you're on the right track. Many retirement plans are going to fail due to things that are overlooked. Do not overlook anything when it comes to your financial health. Call now, 1-800-705-1232. You can also text that number. Leave your first and last name. We'll get back to you and set up a time to visit with you. Get your own customized money map. No obligation. 1-800-705-1232. Call now. 800-705-1232. You can call or text whichever's best for you. 800-705-1232. When you come in for your visit, you'll leave with a copy of one of Joel's books, whether it's the money map or you pick from one of his others in his library. Maybe The Wealthy Think Differently, How to Discover and Challenge Your Financial Philosophy. Again, 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. We're going to open up the mailbag in just a moment, but uh, first, quick trivia question for you, Joel. We'll answer it at the end of the show, so you have to stick around to get the answer. But I'll ask you the question now. You can ponder on it. Uh, the average person, Joel, spends about how much of their lifetime waiting for red lights to turn green? Ponder on that. We'll let you guess at the end of the show. All right, so uh, let's open up the mailbag. We'll start today with June, who says, I'm a federal employee. I'll have a nice pension when I retire next year, but I'm wondering about the money in my TSP, my thrift savings plan. Should I keep it invested there or should I move it somewhere else? Great question. And for those of you that don't know, the TSP thrift saving plan, that is like the 401k for federal employees. In fact, my son, who's in the Marine Corps, he has a thrift savings plan. And so the question is, June, should you keep it there? Or should you move it somewhere else? I hate to dodge around this question like a politician, but it depends on so many other things. It depends on what your goals are. Who's that money for? Is that money for somebody else? Are you going to need that money uh, in retirement? Or is it for somebody else? Is it for children, grandchildren, a charity? What rate of return are you getting currently in the TSP? Not in the funds in the TSP. You know, you have the G fund and the I fund and so on, which are basically mutual funds. What about that safe fund? What rate of return are they paying you? What could you get elsewhere if you did a tax-free rollover into an individual retirement account? So, so many questions need to be answered before I can just tell you whether you should roll the money over somewhere else or should you keep it invested in the thrift savings plan. And part of the reason why we offer you a Money Map Retirement Review is so that you don't have to make this decision 
in isolation. That decision needs to be made in coordination with all your other goals, with your concerns, with your family situation, and the other money that you have saved for retirement, including the fact that if you've been a federal employee for a while, you have a federal pension. And how does that fit into the equation? Good question. Got to be sure you're getting the right advice on that. It's not a black and white, always do this or never do this. You want to be sure you're making the right choice for your situation. How about Fred? Fred says, I think we have another two or three more years of good stock market growth. Do you agree? (laughs) No pressure, but you're on the record here, Joel. Well, Fred, I'm so glad that an expert like you has called into the radio station today to give us a prediction on the future market. Now, Fred, I'm just teasing you, and I hope you take it in the spirit that it was it was made. But there's a little bit of veiled truth to that little, oh, maybe somebody would call it a sarcastic remark, uh, Fred. Um, when you get into predicting the market and when it's going to continue to go up and when it's not going to continue to go up, you know, that's great if you're running massive pools of money and you can afford to be wrong. For the most part, we at Johnson Brunetti, we're dealing with people's retirement. You know, we can't go with some statistical analysis on, well, you know, in history, uh, the market has gone up the third year in a presidency, and so it'll probably go up this year, and all these kind of things that people like to write about. This is your retirement. You don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be broke in retirement. You don't want to run out of money before you die. You don't want to be living with your educated kids because you don't have enough money to live in retirement. So we don't get into these stock market predictions. What we want you to do is Fred, you need to have a financial plan so that you do not have to answer that question or you don't have to be concerned with whether the market's going to keep going up or not. So I don't know if we have another two to three years of good stock market growth. Statistically speaking, because our last big downturn was in 2008, uh, we're way overdue. And so it's very possible over the next two or three years, we could have uh, the market drop 40%, not in a day, but over a long period of time. That is very, very possible. In fact, maybe some would say probable. So uh, I think you need to have a financial plan that takes all those things into contingency. And maybe you need to have some of your money that doesn't go down if the stock market drops, but you can earn a reasonable rate of return on that money. So, Fred, I poked a little fun at you at the beginning of the program, but I just think it's real dangerous to start getting into stock market predictions. By the way, the people that love to predict the market the most, and I'm not saying this is you, Fred, are people that are pretty much broke. Uh, There's all kinds of great conversations that can go on at the grocery store or down at the club about, uh, you know, what's the market going to do? And usually the people that seem to have the most predictive authority or pretend they do are the people that don't have a whole lot of money. Well, I guess because for those people, the consequences of them being wrong are not that great, right? There's not that much money for them to lose in the first place. Yeah, if you have have $3,000 and you lose 100%, you know, it's not like... It wasn't going to change your life if it doubled, and it probably won't change your life if you lose $3,000. Last question in the mailbag today is from Rita, who says, I'm 61 years old and have never had a financial advisor. If I've made it this far on my own, surely I can make it the rest of the way, right? Well, maybe, Rita. Uh, Some people can get along without a financial advisor and do their own investments, do their own financial planning. Most people cannot, so I'm not here to convince you that you need a financial advisor, Rita, but uh, I would suggest that it certainly would behoove you to at least talk to somebody that's an expert, and then you can decide whether you want to use their services or not. The other thing is it's very different when you're saving money for retirement than when you're about to retire or when you've been retired. You can't afford 
the big loss. When you're saving money for retirement, you actually want the market to drop because then you can buy in at a lower price. But about five years before retirement, that philosophy needs to change. You're coming up on a fundamental change when you retire and your investments should have a fundamental change in their strategy. So be real cautious, Rita, if you're going to do this on your own. Uh, If you want to talk to us, that's great. If you want to talk to somebody else, that's great. Maybe you just Come in and talk to a firm like us or another firm. There are plenty of good firms that will give you a free consultation without putting any pressure on you to become a client. But at least have a conversation with somebody so you know what they can do for you. And you'll get an idea of their character and their philosophy once you get in there and you can ask them some questions. They can ask you some questions. So I'd at least have a meeting with somebody, Rita. But maybe after that meeting, you'll decide to try to go it on your own. And again, be cautious, but some people can actually pull that off. Well, Joe, if somebody uh, realizes, you know what, there's a lot that I don't know, and I would imagine there are things that I don't know that I don't know when it comes to retirement planning, maybe I should get a little bit of guidance. Uh, Explain to us what the Money Map Retirement Review process looks like and how it helps you answer some of those questions. Well, it's a real simple, easy process. What it looks like when you come in and get your own money map is you set up a time to come in and visit with us. It's a very relaxed time. It's not some kind of a sales meeting. You come in and we talk about your particular situation. We probably even talk a little bit about the situation that many of our clients are in so you can get a feel for, like we talked about earlier in the program, whether you look like a lot of our clients, whether you think we have the expertise because of the people we've helped to be able to help you. What you leave with once that process is over, and again, you come in, we have a conversation, we usually meet for a second time, again, there's no charge for any of this, and produce for you this customized money map. It's your whole financial life on one page with our recommendations. Again, absolutely free of charge. We'll invest the time. Some people become clients, some don't. Behind that one-page plan that we give you is an income analysis and an analysis of all your investments. And analysis for some of you sounds real complicated. It's not. We make it real, real simple. In fact, the comment we get from so many of our clients is, Joel, for the first time, we understand where all our money is and how it's working because you keep things simple. So that's the money map. Again, a one-page plan, income analysis, and also an analysis of your investments where you may be taking too much risk. Also, if you come in and get that, I'll give you a copy of my book called Forced to Retire. It's the seven decisions you need to make now if you're getting close to retirement, if you're being offered an early retirement, or even if you're already retired, maybe you've retired within the last five years, you'll get some great tips on what to do coming right up to or after retirement if you're already retired. So call now. Again, we'll open it up to another seven callers, one 800 705-1232. You've got nothing to lose. We'll put this money map together and give you easy to understand, simple, but strategies where you can take action on them right away. Your whole financial life on one page. 1-800-705-1232. Call now. 1-800-705-1232. 800-705-1232. You can call or text, whichever is easiest for you. Either way, just be sure to leave your first and last name. 800-705-1232. All right, Joel, we promised the answer to the trivia question before we sign off here. The average person will spend how much of their lifetime waiting on red lights to turn green? What's your guess? 
Well, we've got a lot of people that don't live in cities, but then we have people that live in very congested cities. So here's what I figured, John. I figured in a year, on average, 1,600 minutes times 40 years, let's say it's 64,000 minutes. 64,000 minutes. So that would be about 1,000 hours. We're going to divide. You know what? You're you're actually under. Uh, It's about six months. About six months of time the average person spends sitting at red lights. Six months. Okay, so that would be 26 times 168 hours. So about 4,300 hours. 4,300 hours. I'm way off. Wow, that's a lot of time to be waiting at red lights. Now, if you live in Boston, if you live in Boston, it's a lot higher than that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that makes up for all the people in Wyoming who don't ever wait at a red light. That's right. There you go. Well, thanks for tuning in. Again, if you'd like to get in touch with the team at Johnson Brunetti, that number to call is 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. For Joel Johnson and everybody at Johnson Brunetti, have a great week. Talk to you soon. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.